0: Uh,
1: Well hello there, I'm Karen Sander You are listening to Aging Fearlessly A program for the over 50s Those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you To embrace the exciting journey of life For decades to come So, stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. So, welcome everyone to Ageing Fearlessly in Story Room Oz. This is Karen Sander, and today I'm in Lightning Ridge and I've met a character in Lightning Ridge called Peter Cook. And some of you might know him from the TV series The Outback Opal Hunter. And we bumped into him yesterday, so welcome Peter. Good Peter, tell us about what brought you to Lightning Ridge.
0: Okay, well, I just heard about the town, never been there, and I was on a doing a road trip with my dad 30 plus years ago, and we ended up in lightning ridge to have a look and from the moment i got here i could tell this is my sort of town i just fell in love with the place straight away
1: where had you been traveling from
0: uh i was living in mackay in queensland and um my dad came up for a visit and then he suggested we do a bit of a road trip together and we went all over queensland and then came back down and ended up just because Lightning ridge is just not far from the queensland border
1: Yeah, it's only about sixty or seventy k's, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. I think we're in the border bubble at the moment. They call it. (laughs) (laughs) What they may or may not let you in or out. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Yeah, with this COVID thing. Yeah, for sure.
1: So, how many years have you actually been here now?
0: Uh, I've been coming here for over thirty years because the moment, like when I first visited with my dad, I just had to keep coming back. Um, I had my family growing up in Beechworth, and I would get up here every winter for a few weeks. And just be a hobby miner, but I've moved here probably 12 years ago, and lived here full time and been mining ever since.
1: So mining—it's um not everybody's cup of tea. Tell us about mining.
0: Mining, yeah. Well, it, it could be uh, <laughs> what you call a bit of a roller coaster, for sure. Yeah, I um, can imagine. One of my quotes that I I've been in trouble for is. Um, you can be broken in the morning and a millionaire in the afternoon. But it's a bit
1: like Lotto. <laughs>
0: it is a bit like Lotto. It's, it's, opal is capricious. You don't find opal, it finds you, I think. Um, it does what it's like. It doesn't obey any rules like gold or other precious stuff does. It just turns up where it wants to and you've got to try hard to, to locate some.
1: So underground, how much of the time are you underground when you're mining?
0: Um, At the moment we're not mining underground, Uh, we're doing what we call an open cut that's using big 30 tonne excavators and doing it from the top, large amounts of volume. You're allowed to do this type of mining when the underground mining is too dangerous, when it's been too hollowed out, too honeycombed, we're allowed to bring in the big machines and do it with, um, with excavators and that sort of thing. And that's what we're doing at the moment, it's paying off so we'll keep doing that. But in saying that, we have underground claims as well, but you've got to go where the opal is and where it's producing. So,
1: I imagine it's a harder life living underground and working underground than open-cut, is it?
0: Um, I quite enjoy mining underground. We don't live underground here like they do at Coober Pedy. The, the air's too moist. It's a different sort of structure underground, so not many people have underground houses here. But mining, going to work every day underground, no, it, it's fine. It's cooler in the summer and warmer in the winter it's good I love it
1: it has got its dangers though hasn't it what about cave-ins
0: well that's where common sense comes in (laughs) and you don't get too greedy if you're gonna if you're on opal and you're taking out huge amounts of dirt you've got to put props in you've got to make it safe because it's worth a lot of money but it's not worth dying for
1: yeah I'm sure I know that would be a (laughs) fact you're not going to die for it
0: no Um, but some people are silly and. They just get a bit greedy and just keep digging and digging and don't take safety precautions which includes putting in props and that sort of thing.
1: What's a typical day or week look like for a miner?
0: Well, for me, (laughs) I I suppose I'm sort of a typical miner but I like to get down the coffee shop a bit before (laughs) eight. Have a, a gentleman's start to the day, a cup of coffee, maybe some eggs on toast. And then then off to work we go. You know, we sort of peed off a bit after ho! hi
1: Hi-ho. It's off to work we go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and today, for instance, was our repair day. We had a, a snapped chain on one of our agitators, which are big concrete mixers that we use to wash down our dirt. So I've been covered in mud and grease for most of the day. But we got it fixed. I thought with... you
1: put your best clothes on. Oh.
0: <laughs> 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 Poor busted ass <arse laughs> minor. Uh, no, no, it just comes to the territory. You're always getting covered in mud or dirt or grease, but I love it. It's good.
1: I like that you have a gentleman's start to the day. And uh, I think that's the way most of us, you know, we should have that nice, gentle start to a day. Oh, like...
0: I agree. Yeah, I'd hate to just commute in traffic for an hour or something I'd just let's just go to the coffee shop see if any buyers are in town see what's going on and then then off we go
1: have a sniff around you yeah, know. What, yeah
0: well it, it's important to see what buyers are in town if you've got opal you've got to match your buyers to your opal so if you know if chan's in town or or some other fellows turned up we'll probably go and see them first before we go to work you know try and sell them some stones it's all a bit of a psychological game, this selling opal.
1: And you know who, who's who in the zoo?
0: Well, they have their customers' preferences, so they buy for their customers. So after a while, you get to know who wants what sort of material, you know, high-end stuff, low-end stuff, and that sort of thing, yeah.
1: Mm. So you became the Outback Opal Hunter.
0: Yeah, yeah, well... well
1: <laughs> that's, that, a, that's a tag you've got now.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's Hunters plural. There's a lot of us, and I, I consider myself just another participant in the <laughs> show. I don't know about a celebrity or anything, but my brother and I were one of the few people that would put their hands up to do the filming. When um, uh, they first came to try and start this um, series, Outback Oval Hunters, um, no-one wanted to go on it we've had some pretty dodgy videos made up here in the ridge that hasn't cast us as a town in the best light. Yeah. So people are pretty wary of, of these documentary makers and reality TV program people because they've been known to be a bit careless with the truth. And, <laughs> careless? And... <laughs> That's a nice way <laughs> to put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, my brother and I were only ones silly enough to put our hands up and say, yeah, yeah, you can put a microphone on us and follow us around, no worries, and... Um, It seems to have taken off. People enjoy watching it and seeing what we get up to and how much fun we have, so it's
1: good. Yeah, well, I think it's such a different lifestyle and way of working for so many people who are,
0: especially city folk. Well, to me, being my own boss is probably the most important thing. Working for myself, so I reap the rewards of how much I put in. I'm not working for the man. I'm not a slave to anyone. I don't punch a time clock. No one's cracking the whip. It
1: was just earlier when you were talking about that gentleman's coffee, I said, "What t- I was going to ask you, what time do you have to bundy in? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whenever I there, feel like it. There
1: isn't a bundy in machine at the no, edge of the not, mine or on the digger? No,
0: not at all. Mate. I
1: love it. I,
0: but by the same token, I might have to work till midnight fixing something if it's a, a breakdown. You know, on the side of the road, you've got to get that truck fixed, you've got to get it back into town. Or, if the age is broken, we're not washing dirt. We're not making any money. So there is a bit of pressure to keep things, keep the balls rolling, and you don't keep all the ducks lined up. But you know, that's that's all part of the fun.
1: Being a miner, mm. I would imagine, from an outsider looking in, that life can be a bit of a roller coaster of emotions. How true is this?
0: Uh, that that would be a, a fairly accurate summary of it, I suppose, because you can go months, years without finding any opal. So you've got to be pretty resilient and pretty optimistic to keep going when all you're doing is burning diesel and, and costing money, breakdowns and no opal and no opal. And But then all of a sudden, bang, it turns up. So it, it can be a, a roller coaster for sure.
1: I was watching some of the video footage the other day of you And there's a beautiful piece of opal that you have displayed in one of the shops. And I think you'd only just found that piece of opal.
0: Yeah, that would be a a beautiful double-sided 35-carat stone that I've called Fire and Ice. It's blue on one side, red on the other. Very rare to have a stone with that combination of colours. you know. And you get two stones for the price of one with this one. And a big stone, it came from an old field. So um, we, we were pretty excited to find that. That was pretty good.
1: You're looking at the excitement on your face and when you were discussing it with the gemologist. Yes. Is that what yeah. you call them, gemologists? Gemologist. yeah. Yeah. I could sort of see then some of the emotion of the find. Mm. And, you know, that was sort of like that really joyous moment. And you, your young friend that was with you, your one young sidekick.
0: Yeah, young he, Sam. Yeah, he's pretty excited about it all because uh, he's been with me for a couple of years by then and we hadn't found too many you know too much in the way of opal because it's hard to find it's so rare it's just incredibly rare we've moved hundreds of tons of dirt to find a few grams of opal but that's it's it's like looking for buried treasure you know and underground's probably a really good way to when you find it scratching it and seeing that bit of colour and, and the hairs will stand up on your arms and this could be, you know, a $100,000 stone just waiting to get it out with a screwdriver.
1: As rare as hen's teeth.
0: Yeah, as rare as hen's teeth, as rare as rock and horse shit. It's all those things, yeah.
1: So all that scrounging around in the rubble yeah. does pay off. But, you know, to find that colour, yeah, it...
0: Well, and and the thing about it is if if someone like myself didn't come along and dig it up, it would never, ever be seen. Mm. You've got to dig it up. You've got to find it. Then it's got a face on the wheel. So many things go against it. it, But when it all comes together, it's just incredible.
1: So there's the initial, I've found it, but then it's a little bit down the track before you really really realise what you've actually found.
0: Yeah, it's like, you know, the room of... um, broken dreams when you go into a cutting room I love you, it the room of broken dreams <laughs> <laughs> I, well it can be you've got this beautiful stone and you're convinced it's worth $50,000 and you rub it and it's full of sand and it's got a grey back and then it's got a crack through it and it's worth a couple of hundred bucks as a specimen throw it over well, your shoulder or put just, it in one of those little jars it, just put it in the jar and look for the next one
1: So you really have to just pick yourself up and go, well, what's next?
0: Yeah, yeah, you've got to be resilient, for sure.
1: Resilience, love that word. (laughs) I uh, believe there's a lot of very resilient people out here. um,
0: Tenacious, I suppose, would be another one. You've just got to keep at it and um, not be scared to try new ideas and, and new things.
1: When I was coming in here today, I noticed all these pieces of artwork outside your man cave
0: here mm. yeah well, that's a little folly of mine i <laughs> suppose just something i do uh instead of watching tv i'll come back to my shed after dinner and um bang a few bits of metal together and a few welding rods and come up with some bits and pieces that make people smile when they see them
1: so you're a little bit hidden out of the way. If people don't know where you are, I mean, I was told where to find some of your objects at the front. I'm yeah. only calling them objects now because they actually <laughs> do mean something. But I want to talk. I want you to talk about them in the sure, middle, yeah. in a minute. But I was told about the Priscilla bus yeah. and where to find it. So we we did a couple of laps before we actually find, found it after two days and. Finally, it was like Eureka, I found it. It was a bit like an Opal moment. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, found this bus and, of course, in the front seat of the bus... He's probably an opal miner that gave up. He's yeah. a skeleton.
0: Poor old skeleton dive in the bus. Um...
1: Yeah, he was one of those people that yeah. just hung out here far too long. Yeah,
0: he was <laughs> just waiting for the border to open to Queensland, perhaps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it could have been. Or maybe COVID got him. It
0: could be, yeah. He died
1: in the front seat yeah. of the bus. Certainly doesn't look well. You are obviously very creative. What's going on in your head?
0: (laughs) Uh, Oh, too much, I think, sometimes. Um, It might be that, you know, that ADHD that some people think they've got. Maybe I've got some of that. I don't know. Now,
1: ADHD that you're talking about, one of my friends in Canada refers to it as adventure deficit disorder.
0: Well, they think they're missing out on adventures.
1: Yes, that's right. So he's ADD, Adventure Deficit, Deficit Disorder.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I just, I've just got an active mind. I think I've probably read too many science fiction books when I was a kid, and um, just got a, a very vivid imagination, I think.
1: So tell us about... Well, do you think this creativity... Where do you think it came from? Is there a history?
0: Um, well, I, I can lay claim to fame that my, uh, my great-uncle was... Uh, Sir Sydney Nolan—he was a famous out there Australian artist. So maybe I've got some of his genes floating around, perhaps.
1: I think it's more than possible <laughs> that
0: you've got some of his
1: genes. I wonder if he had ADD. <laughs> well, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> perhaps.
0: I've, I've never been clinically diagnosed, but my yeah. girlfriend, who uh, works with special kids, seems to think I've got quite a few of the traits. Both, um, you know, getting up at three in the morning and drawing pictures and. Writing down my ideas might be part of it. I'm not, I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> so tell us about some of these artworks um, out the front here in your garden.
0: Yeah, well, there's a, a time machine.
1: I've that's seen a, that.
0: That's a um, very useful device if I can just get that flux capacitor working. <laughs> but when I do, I'll either take it out to the one of the opal fields called the Cookran, and um, I'll peg a few claims that I know are good. Yeah. And I'll go back and peg them in 1970. Yeah. And they'll be mine now.
1: And and how much do you expect to make out of those mines? Oh,
0: multi-millions. Multi-millions. multi uh, We just want to get this time machine working.
1: James Packer, eat your heart <laughs> out, multi-millions coming. For mm, sure.
0: <laughs> oh, back in the day, in the 80s and 90s, this town was booming. There was so much money in this town. It was just incredible. And I sort of got there on the tail end of it. But it was just just an amazing little town. I've never seen a place like it.
1: Well, a bit of history. My my grandparents were married here in 1911. Yeah. As part of the Triple Alliance, three couples married on the same day. Wow. So 1911 is a bloody long time yeah. ago. So there is for me, even though I've only been to Lightning Ridge three times, mm-hmm. um, I feel a little bit like. There's, you know, a lot of history here for me. A
0: bit of a connection, A bit of a
1: connection, I do. There is a connection.
0: Lightning Ridge is that sort of town where people come for a day or a week and they're still here 20 years later. It just happens quite often.
1: Yeah, I can imagine it does have that grasp over you. I mean, today we went out to the Grawan and we just had an absolute ball out there talking to a couple of locals mm-hmm. and it's really so interesting. They were doing a bit of mouse catching at the time <laughs> and you know, not for ratters, but for those four-legged ones that are running around at the moment. So what about some of these other pieces that you've created?
0: Um, well, there's a, uh, a man-sized mousetrap. Why? Well, we have a problem up here. The people that go down our claims at night time or when we're not there, we call them ratters. So I'll build a giant rat trap. I've got it baited with some um, homemade doublet opal. So the idea was that uh, the ratters will see that and they'll go for the bait and get caught.
1: Have you actually caught any yet?
0: Well, through the COVID thing, I was using a toilet roll as bait and I got a couple of tourists with (laughs) that. Oh, that toilet roll, they were... <laughs> this was honestly... worth, more than, worth more than gold, worth more than opal.
1: I know, for a yeah, while I that. know, especially Ridiculous. if you were in Sydney. They were beating each other up at the toilet roll aisle. Just crazy. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> the blue construction out the front, the yeah, thinker?
0: The, the blue thinker, yeah, Rodan's uh, thinker. Well, that's sort of a a mixture of um, iRobot, iSac like Asimov, Um there was a French philosopher Descartes that made that quote, I um, I think, therefore I am. So it's just a mixture of those three sort of influences that came up with this crazy-looking robot critter sitting out there with his chin on his hand.
1: Well, Colin sat next to it yesterday and tried to get in the same position, but his joints are a bit stiff.
0: And it's a ridiculous <laughs> pose. When you study it, no-one yeah, would sit like that because you've got this elbow one one, over yeah, here. And, and the
1: other one. Oh, no. But
0: it's a classic... Classic statue, so I decided to do my um, my version of it.
1: And I, I want to ask you about one other piece. You explained to me about the piece from the Chinese...
0: Oh, my uh, Chinese seismic detector. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Can you explain?
0: Well, it's my version of a scientific instrument that was made in China a couple of thousand years ago, and they very cleverly had a pendulum down in a hole and through a series of mechanisms and gears, a marble would drop out of a drag and it was pointed, pointed to one of the points of the compass where an earthquake may have occurred 3,000 miles away. But this instrument was so sensitive, it could tell which direction the earthquake came from. So then the emperor would know that there's been a, you know, a major earthquake in the Hung Nong province so he could either send some help or send an army to invade, get them while they're down, and, and he would know this before any horse messenger or anyone could get the news to him.
1: And this is actually the truth, isn't it? That that was actually. Does it sound
0: mission- like I'm talking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making this no, up. No, I know true. you're not. This
1: is actually yeah, That's my version. I do of it. believe you, and you've made your version. And the marble does roll. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's amazing. <laughs> you, your mind is very active. <laughs> I guess to say that a lot of what you're creating in here is your passion.
0: Yeah. Besides
1: well, yeah. you've got two passions. Maybe you've got more passions.
0: Well, yeah, I'd like to think I'm fairly passionate about life in general, to be honest. It's, it's, you know, it's a gift. We've only got one crack at it, so you've got to make the most of it and enjoy yeah. doing what you're doing.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. You've got another little quote. <laughs> I've
0: got, I got a few quotes that I get myself into trouble with
1: Oh, I love quotes that are <laughs> troublemakers
0: And one was, uh, yeah, I used it on the show And that was, I think, um, being on Opal It's the best feeling you can have with your clothes on <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, I love it and uh, I think you, um, you said that when you were speaking to Vicky, the gemologist And uh, <laughs> being on Opal <laughs> Oh dear, I, I just really love it when I've been driving around Lightning Ridge, and, and this is not, I'm, trying, I'm not being negative, but there looks like there's a lot of junk.
0: <laughs> That's it's, not junk, it's treasure. It's treasure. <laughs> it's treasure. That's all just waiting to be turned into a piece of art <laughs> when I get time. <laughs> so,
1: other people's junk is your treasure.
0: Absolutely, yeah, for sure.
1: I'd like you to tell me more about your treasures.
0: The treasures, uh, yeah. Not your
1: opal treasures.
0: <laughs> well, I've got a, quite a few projects on the go and um, I've been trying to think of a way that I could turn it to a profit.
1: And monetize. You
0: know? Well, you know, it's all well and good. The tourists come past and take some photos and they enjoy it and that's great, but I've come up with this idea that I'm going to put them all together on a block of land and inside a shed and turn into a mini golf course. <laughs> So, so the, the puns can come in, they can look at all the weird stuff, but have a round of golf and entertain themselves at the same time.
1: I think it's brilliant. You, you were only saying yesterday that you found some more treasures, which I'd call junk. Yeah. <laughs> tell me about the treasures you found. Oh, well, yesterday. That,
0: that, that's um, it's a pallet of a, probably two dozen old shovels. <laughs> They've been well worn, they've, they've had it's their youthful lives, they're rusty shovels. But at the market the other day, the bloke had a heap of junk, and amongst that junk was a jar of treasure. old junk treasure <laughs> of hooks, uh, lifting hooks for, for chains and that sort of thing. So I could put those hooks with those shovels, a bit of Rio and a bit of welding, and they'll be like some mad looking shovel back hook build chickens or something.
1: Uh. <laughs> I look. I think you could. I've got another way you could make a lot of money.
0: How's that? Do you, think?
1: you could clean up Lightning Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> you could have a clean up project. Bring it to Peter's.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Uh, I, I get a few deliveries now, and I don't know what my girlfriend would say about that. Enough. She just shudders. Does she? <laughs> when the truck comes in? Because I've got a you know a fifteen ton truck with a crane on it, so I can bring home big stuff. <laughs>
1: Biggest thing you've ever brought
0: home? Oh gosh, the biggest thing I've brought home. Um, Oh, bulldozers. Um, Yeah, yeah, probably a large bulldozer was one thing, and I'm going to make that into a half track motorcycle one day. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, there's lots of just stuff. Yeah, it's hard to sort of pick it all out, but you know.
1: No, I haven't seen many really good lawns here in lightning ridge but you actually have a lawnmower
0: yes i have a lawnmower that's that's ones where the old push mowers you might recall back in the day before i they, do remember them and uh i've connected that to a push bike <laughs> so i just call it a ride on lawnmower <laughs> and, and i made that so my girlfriend could pick, get a bit of pocket money on the way to work doing some nature strips on the way to work <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a unique piece I, I'm actually going to take a photo of it very eco-friendly it yeah, is, yeah. Yeah. you get fit while you're mowing the lawn doesn't leave a footprint
0: it doesn't, no, it's beautiful
1: churns up a few stones could <laughs> it maybe even bring up a rare opal
0: well you never know <laughs> you never
1: know um, have you got a favourite piece of your
0: creations? Um, probably the the latest one that I've done is um, an Egyptian deity called Knum, and he's a god of creation. I've got him sitting on top of a two-metre-high pyramid, swinging a golden mace around, and it's it's pretty mad-looking thing. And
1: Where is that? It's
0: just out the front there. Oh,
1: it's a, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that, that was a fun one to build, because I'm sort of figuring out how to get um, movement, capture movement in the work that well, I do, so... He looks like he's actually spinning this huge object round. Oh, I know know
1: the one now. There's so many things out there to look at. I get distracted. (laughs) (laughs) Helicopters. Are you a bit fan of helicopters?
0: Well, I like anything with a motor in it. I'm a bit of a a rev head car nut, motorcycle nut. So, yeah, I've got a triplane there that I made out of a couple of 44-gallon drums and a side valve Ford V8. That's the Red Baron. (laughs) It's got a black and decker Gatling gun. It's got a scale model of the little boy Hiroshima bomb that was dropped on, on Hiroshima. <laughs> it's got a mustard gas sprayer for good effect. <laughs>
1: and what about you do have a helicopter out there, don't you? Yeah,
0: yeah, the helicopter it, that's half a Volkswagen Beetle connected to a, an old um, Deutz diesel air cooled truck motor. And it, it just spins around in the breeze. Well,
1: I know that Dick Smith was up here late um, just recently. You didn't steal anything off his helicopter, did you, to add to yours? <laughs>
0: no, no, he came in a, in a, like an eight-seater Cherokee of some description. Um, Dick, yeah, he was good. He came and hung out for an hour or so. He's a pretty cool dude.
1: Yeah, he left his signature on your car. He
0: certainly <laughs> did. I'm uh, going to take a photo
1: of that and send it to him and say, really? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send him the bill
0: to get it cut and polished.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> what are three words that would describe you?:
0: Three words to describe me. Um, well, I'd like to think I was creative, unconventional, and I've been called a vortex.:
1: A vortex.:
0: A vortex. Yeah, a bit of chaotic energy <laughs> going on there) <laughs> <laughs>
1: What gets you up in the morning? Uh,
0: coffee? Just, no, no. <laughs> one one coffee all is all I have a day. It's, it's, that's nice, but I, I don't freak out if I don't get it. Um, just another day, another adventure. This opal mining cave you never know what's going to break down next or, <laughs> or what's going to happen. So, yeah, it, it's, it's good. And I've got a lot of projects on the go. This... I'm going to build a mini golf course. I've got a car wash I'm in the process of doing. I'm putting in a swimming pool. I'm renovating a house. I've got lots and lots of stuff going on.
1: You are very, very busy. Advice on life.
0: Advice on life. Yeah, okay. Well, I think the most important thing is to to live it. Enjoy it. Enjoy your life. I couldn't think of anything worse than than getting up, travelling for an hour, working in a factory, and then coming home again. I just... I know some people, it's what they want to do, but to me, that would be like being in jail, mm-hmm. you know. You've got to be out working for yourself, enjoying life, because we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time, I reckon.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And um, keep learning.
1: Lifelong learning, I call yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah, because you'll never know everything. And the more I find out, the less I really know, I think.
1: How do you do your learning?
0: Just living, just living, or, or uh, go and do an opal cutting course, or just. I'm a pretty avid reader, I like to read. And just by doing, just by making stuff, fixing things, I'm probably a bit of a problem solver. And I like to think outside the square because there's. Just because the way they do it here doesn't mean it's the best way. Uh-huh. You've got to come up with new ideas and. One of them might work. (laughs) I like that theory. One of them might
1: work. You're very optimistic.
0: I am, yeah. My cup's three quarters full, always.
1: (laughs) And any other advice, one other? Um, Be thankful. Be thankful.
0: Yeah, just be grateful for what a great life it is.
1: Well, Peter, I'm really grateful that you actually gave me the time to come and speak with you today. I think for story Room Oz, and for my followers that are aging fearlessly Um, some of us are getting out there and trying new things and um, and enjoying life and getting everything out of it we'd like to thank you for joining me today
0: you're most welcome
1: cheerio everyone (laughs) (laughs) so this is it for today's program It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, aging is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is
2: shining bright Sound. There's a sparkle in your eye. It's not all am to It's a wonderful life. Let's go and climb mountains high, swim across oceans.